I'm not going to take a lot of time doing this, but I do. I didn't want to miss an opportunity to introduce this man here. Uh, I tell you, I do have a lot of respect for Chris. And uh, not only that, he happens to be a good friend of mine. We go way back then, like 17, 18 years now. I can't believe it. But um, I remember when, when Chris was, uh, well, actually, Chris, I remember Chris was a student. When I was in first year of school ministry, like 18 years ago or whatever it was. And we used to go out on the street way back then. We used to go out with Chris, outreach, and um, into the neighborhood. Sometimes we ended up at people's houses. Awesome times. Great testimonies. Um, and it has just been amazing to see what the Lord has done and is doing with the yes in the heart of this man. And, um, you know, uh, I could tell you some wild stories about Chris, some fun stories. And um, for those of you who were here last week, I did share a little bit about him. But um, a couple things. How many how many have uh, you've never heard of Chris at all before? Raise your hand. OK, so how many of you have heard from Chris before? You have heard from Chris. All right. Good. And then, how many of you have heard of him, but you just ever, never heard from him? All right, here you go. We've got the whole mix here today. So this is important. Let me just share with you. Chris, you know, the Bible, you know, David said he has, the Lord has anointed me like a wild ox. I think that verse fits Chris. No, and I mean, not in a good thing. You know what? Like strength, it's, it's, it speaks of strength and, and, and bold faith and breakthrough and there is an anointing on this man and, um, you know, preach the gospel, cast out demons, miracles. So a lot of wild testimonies and really breakthrough anointing, which you're going to experience today. I'm excited. The other part about Chris is his heart of passion for the Lord and compassion for people. And now when you get out of the street with Chris or just go anywhere with Chris driving a car, you're going to find this out. Sometimes he'll roll the window down and just share the gospel at a stoplight. And, and, uh, and, and, and it is 100% motivated by his love for God that, and that he is, he, that he has been captured by God's heart for people. And, um, and the other thing that you'll find is that when you get walking around out there, it's not just the wild and crazy stuff. It's the fact that this man has the heart. He has such a heart. I'm amazed that when we go down into the parks, how many people know him, not just know who he is, know him, and that he knows their names. It's amazing. He hollers at people across the park. And then, and so he's really, really, he's an evangelist, but he really has that, he, he pastoral in some ways, really just loves people really well. And um, I don't know if that's evangelistic or pastoral. I think that's being a Christian. But... But um, but the ministry now that God has led him to to start here in uh, the last few years is called Compassion to Action. And everything that he does, I thought when he came out, when he named his ministry, that was like, that fits Chris. Because it is about compassion. It's his passion for God that imparts compassion for people, which moves him to action. And what a great model. Amen. The other thing I want to say as he comes up today is that um, it's important to remember that the kingdom is substance. And so we have an evangelist with us here today. He carries a grace. Remember, we talked about fivefold gifts last last week. And um, and so he's going to share some things that are impacting. But what's important to realize is that not only the words that you hear. But there's something you don't see. There is a grace and a power that comes from God that literally is being given to you in an unseen realm. And, and that's key to receiving what God has for us. That it, it, it doesn't always hit here first. It hits in here. And later it grows up into revelation. And so there's substance given. You don't even have to know what it is. Just know, God, whatever you have for me today through Chris, I receive it. And you're going to walk out of here changed. And then that gift will unfold as you walk forward. And we're excited about that. And um, 
But uh, yeah, Chris, I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so excited to have you here today. I won't take any more of your time. Please, let's welcome him heartily as he comes up, okay? Thank you. Thank you. You know, when you find people like Brandon, you, you latch on and you stay connected. And Brandon's brought great strength in my life as a real covenant friend. And you guys have an incredible pastor, Brandon Rice and Amy Rice. They're incredible people. And uh, Brandon's brought great strength in my life. I remember jogging with him numerous times. We jogged the river trail and we just talk about God. We talk about life. We talk about what God is doing and um, talk about what God is going to do in our lives. And, uh, and Brandon, is, Brandon is really a living proof of what God can do in someone's life that just surrenders. And for that, Brandon, I'm eternally grateful for you and your friendship, my friend. And, uh, you know, it's a great honor to be with each and every one of you here. This is, um, this is a real treat for me to be with you guys because... It was around 2006 that I came here, and uh, I wanted to do an internship with Steve Backlin. And uh, Steve really brought strength in my life. Uh, Steve mentored me over a summer, and I still would consider Steve a mentor in my life. And, and I remember Steve speaking to me uh, one day, and he says, Chris, do you know how to use a computer? And I, and I said, no. And, uh, and, and he said, Chris, you need to learn how to use a computer because uh, one day you might write books. And, uh, and so and part of my internship was just sitting down on the computer and learning how to type. And, and I'm really thankful for this house. I'm really thankful for the summer that I had here. I worked at LaGrange. And I was the dishwasher at LaGrange. And, and I, I remember that summer as I was washing dishes, I said, God, why am I here? You know, I knew that I needed to do an internship with Steve, but I was, I was wondering, God, what else is here, here for me? And I got to connect with many of you individuals here. But I said, God, what else do you have for me here? And as I'm washing dishes and I'm complaining, have you ever complained before towards the Lord? <laughs> because I had actually two back-to-back trips planned. Thank you. I had two back-to-back trips planned to South Africa, and God said to me in a dream that he wanted to be, to be in Weaverville. And, and I said, all right, Lord. So I'm washing dishes at LaGrange, and you know, I think I was around 25, 26, maybe 27 years old at the time. And, uh, and I'm complaining. I said, God, why do you want me here? Why am I working at LaGrange? Wash the dishes. And he says, Chris, as you've been washing dishes, I've been washing your heart. And he said, in order for you to do any more outreach, I need you to do an inreach in your heart. And I need you to do things in your heart for what's to come in your future. And I'm so glad that I was obedient and I came here because I received so much here in Weaverville. And... Uh, and you guys are a part of my spiritual inheritance, a spiritual, uh, if you will, DNA. Something happened inside of me when I was here in Weaverville. Um, I, I want to just say something really quickly about my wife. My wife and I, Stephanie, have been married 10 years. Uh, we'll be married on 11 years on June 21st, uh, which is next month. She sends her love to you. Uh, this weekend uh, was a busy weekend in Reading. I got to speak at the healing school and on Friday, and then I, I, I did a wedding yesterday. And Stephanie, uh, she wanted to uh, take our little girl, Brielle, to uh, the nursery there. And uh, uh, Brielle loves the little nursery at Bethel and wanted to see some of her friends there. So um, that, that's wonderful. For those that don't know, we moved uh, from uh, Redding, California to uh, Washington, just outside of Portland. And uh, my little girl is amazing. Her name's Brielle. And she says to me, when I ask her, what do I preach about, Brielle? I ask my four-year-old sometimes, what do I preach about? And she says, Daddy, preach Jesus. 
And, uh, and then she'll say something like this. And, oh, talk about my baby dolls. And uh, so I preach about Jesus uh, and I preach about her baby dolls. Now, let me explain to you really quickly about her baby dolls. Her baby dolls are many. She could literally start an orphanage of baby dolls in our house. I mean, she has so many baby dolls and I don't even know all the names, but she'll adopt different baby dolls. Our neighbor just recently talked to us and, uh, and told us that they have some more baby doll stuff, more baby stuff that they like to be able to donate. And I'm thinking, okay, here's some more. But what happens with Brielle is Brielle will actually lose a baby doll and she'll actually begin to cry about her baby doll because every one of her baby dolls are her favorite ones. And she'll begin to cry about it. And she would mention the baby doll's name and she will tell me how she lost her baby doll. And we'll pray together and, uh, and we'll pray, oh God, Lord, let us find this baby doll. And so once we find the baby doll, she begins to celebrate. I begin to celebrate with her. And I bring to her the picture of God's heart for his people. That all of us were lost. And now we're found. And there is a celebration in heaven over every single one of us today. And there's a celebration for individuals that come home to God. And I know that this morning the Lord is going to touch people's hearts in a profound and powerful way. I'm going to show you some videos in just a moment. I know people are going to get healed today. I'm going to, I'm going to show probably about three videos this morning. And they're very short videos. Uh, but I've got a slide that I want to show you really quickly. This is our, this is a, um, Compassion Action is our ministry. You can follow us online. And you can go to our website, CompassionateAction.com. We have a lot of free resources, a lot of videos. Um, and some of the videos that I'm going to show you today are on our website. So go ahead and check it out. We've got some of our team here as well. If uh, you guys came with us, some, some live in Reading here and some live with us in Washington. But there's some of our team here. Why don't you guys just stand up just uh, so people can recognize you really quickly. I'm going to show you a video of a lady that got healed. She was in a wheelchair for 12 years. And Devin was a part of praying for her and, uh, outside of uh, Portland. And I want to show a video because I believe that the creative power of the Holy Spirit is here this morning to touch people's lives, touch people's bodies. Can you please show that video? I was born in Salem, Oregon, and I'm currently living in Corvallis, Oregon. It was actually back in 2005 when I had the first onset of Guillain-Barre. It came on very quickly. Uh, One day I just woke up and I wasn't able to walk. It is an autoimmune disease, and what autoimmunity does is that it's your own body attacking some part of your body. In my case, it was the mylar covering around the nerves. My life before the disease, I was very active. You know, I had a full... She paused for a second. My name is Janie. My wheelchair waiting for If it doesn't work, I can I can just talk. Before the disease, I was very active. You know, I had a full-time job. I would go to the gym. I would go out to dinner and go to the movies, all sorts of things. I was very active. Once the disease took place, I kind of became a hermit. I was very depressed, severely depressed, actually. It was a very difficult time because I didn't really know what my purpose was. I had dreams. I had things that I wanted to do and I thought there's no way that this can happen now. I had gone to Fish Fest with a friend of mine, she's a neighbor of mine, and we got to see um, some of the music and everything and I was just kind of sitting in my wheelchair waiting for her to come back. I had some gentlemen approach me from Compassion to Action and they asked if they could pray for me and I said yes. I actually didn't feel anything at first, you know. It was, they were praying for me, and then um, all of a sudden I felt some warmth. And then I felt some um, electricity going into my leg, and it was so exciting. And I, it, it scared me a little bit at first, because I was like, what is this? 
you know, um, and so <laughs> it, the electricity came, the warmth came, and um, out of uh, faith, the young men told me to just step out in faith and walk, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I did, and I was kind of wobbly at first, and it was, it was scary because, you know, I, I didn't want to fall, but all of a sudden I felt like there were these braces on my legs that were strengthening my legs. It was just supernatural and it was, it was so awesome. I can't explain the, the feeling, but it was like there were these braces on my leg and all of a sudden my legs had strength. Strength that they never had before. felt like I'm released on life. Just the, just the power of God is just so awesome. And I, I can't say that enough. I just keep saying awesome, awesome, awesome. That's my newfound word for it because there's just no other way to, to describe it. God's love is really... He does love us. And... Um, he loves me. I struggled with um, the depression and just um, not feeling like he loved me. And, um, you know, Isaiah 53, verse 4, it declares, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we have seen him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And these individuals saw Janie and approached her and just felt love and compassion for her. And prayed for her and the power of God came on her life. Now Janie is ministering now. Ministering to people and seeing other people get healed. When Janie walked home, she was walking home with her wheelchair, pushing her wheelchair and her little girl that took care of her for 12 years was shocked and astounded of what took place. She was overcome with amazement that her mom that she was taking care of for 12 years was walking. She always wanted to go to Disneyland. She wanted to go to Disneyland and, and she talked to her mom and they decided to go to Disneyland shortly afterwards. And Janie and her daughter walked around Disneyland miles and miles and miles rejoicing and celebrating of what Jesus has done. I believe the power of God is here right now. I believe his presence is here right now. I believe he's still the healer and he's healing people and he's touching people's bodies. This morning. I want us to be aware of who he is. If you need a miracle in your body. Please stand to your feet right now. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible declares. That the spirit of God was hovering over the earth. Over the un ordered areas of the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering. And then when God spoke, the Spirit of God came and there was creation that began to take place. I believe it's possible right now for the creative miracle power of Jesus to touch people's lives. So I want you to be aware of the person right now. And we're going to pray for people a little bit later on as well, but right now, just be aware 
Some of you stood up with pain in your body and some of you, something's happening right now. Last week we saw a man just in the presence of God. No one laid hands on him. He had pain for three years in his knees. He's completely healed. Holy Spirit, have your way. If you had pain in your body before you stood up, then all the pain is gone right now. Just raise your hand. You had pain and now it's gone. Raise your hand. Just someone raising their hand. If you feel 50% better than you did before, raise your hand right now. Okay. This lady right here, lady right here, lady right here. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. For those around them, what we're going to do right now, if you're around individuals that are standing up, what we're going to just take a moment right now and pray for each other. And we're going to command the pain to leave their body. If, if you're around someone that is standing up, Ask them where the pain is at. We're just going to take just a moment to be able to pray for each other. And I want to share something that God's placed in my heart. Ask them where the pain is at. And command all the pain to leave their body. If you don't have someone by you, go ahead and raise your hand and, there, and, and someone will come to you. There's a gentleman there in the back that needs prayer. If no one's praying for you, just raise your hand right now and say, I need someone to pray for me too. Go ahead and begin to take authority over the pain that's in their bodies and command all of it to leave. Thank you, Jesus. 100% healing. In the name of Jesus. Hundred percent healing. Okay, go ahead and stop praying and have them try to test it out. Try to do something you couldn't do before. If you're 50% better or more, wave your hands just like this. If you're 50% better or more, keep waving your hands. 50% better or more, keep waving your hands. Thank you, Jesus. 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 If you're 100% healed, all the pain just left your body. Keep waving your hands like this. If all the pain just left your body, just keep waving your hands like this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. This lady right here, what happened to you? I felt my back just come into uh, real alignment. The only thing that's left fixed is I'm dizzy. But God can take care of that. Yeah, I he mean, can take you care know, of that. It's Absolutely. not that kind of dizzy. It's like the actual inner ear kind of dizzy. Yeah, he can take care of that. Jonathan, uh, maybe... Maybe you could pray for her in just a bit. What happened here? My whole body hurts always. And I am, I can't feel any pain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So now, what, what just happened? How long have you been feeling that way, by the way? Yeah. Since my early 20s. Since your early 20s. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What happened here? What happened to this man right here? I, uh, I had surgery on my back about almost three years ago now and had bolts put in to help keep the spine straight because it was slipping off to the side and and I've been in a lot of pain ever since I mean usually somewhere between seven and nine daily and right now 
I can reach down. <laughs> I can I can move around. I could I couldn't do that this morning. <laughs> and I just I thank God it's 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 gone. That that terrible all the time pain is not there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Maybe maybe a couple other testimonies of what Jesus did. This lady in the back here. I didn't have Pastor pray for this, but the last oh six months, whenever I sit down or in the car traveling and I get up, I can hardly walk because my feet hurt really, really bad, and my heel. But now it's gone. Praise God. Someone else want to share really quickly how Jesus healed you? This lady over here. Um, yes, I've had pain a long time with arthritis. And I was hurting all the way down to my feet because I have diabetes. And it's gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that wants to share really quickly what Jesus did? This lady right here. Yeah, you know, my functioning arm that does all the work for me, um, I had lost my balance and I hit it against the baseboard on the wall and it shifted my wrist and it's been suffering with a lot of agony and it's like does all the work for me. So this young lady prayed for me and the burning in my wrist is gone and it feels a lot better. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I I feel such an anticipation in my heart for a healing a healing movement to take place here in Weaverville, uh, where I was as we were worshiping. I I sensed this place packed out with people having an encounter with Jesus Christ. And people just experiencing the strong presence of the Lord. And I, and I believe that the Lord is going to move here in a profound way that, that you will have people come from all over the place, from the coast, to come and have an encounter here with Jesus Christ. But, but not just the coast, but all over. I, I see people coming from Oregon. I see people coming from Southern California. That, that the Lord is going to set this place on the map in the spirit. And people are going to have encounters here that will go and impact nations in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I, I feel the spirit of the Lord saying that I am going to birth a training center here. I'm going to birth a training center here. And people will be sent out like arrows. They will be sent out like arrows to impact the nations. And I see a missions movement taking place here where people will be trained and sent as missionaries in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to show a video to you, another Another video uh, to you really quickly. We just uh, launched our missions department at Compassion to Action. And, um, and we went to Argentina and we took uh, many, many different churches with us. Somehow, um, I, I don't know how it happens, but it happens. But we have a lot of people that are, come from very traditional churches that travel with us, connect with us, relate to us. Um, even some dispensational individuals. And um, but but the Lord just touches their heart in such a powerful way around the love of Jesus Christ. And it and it, it if you will, it it breaks down these walls and, and then their hearts are just so opened. And we saw over eight hundred and fifty decisions in Argentina in a week by individuals just like everyone here uh, preaching the gospel. Uh, some would be in churches, but some many of them would be just on the streets. I'm going to show a video really quickly. Uh, of, of what took place. A little short video, and it will give you an opportunity if some of you want to travel with us. No one can force you. But when the Holy Spirit comes with the conviction inside that He's given you something to give away, when that conviction is there, no one can talk you out about sharing your faith. Nadie te puede convencer de que no 
We have a trip that's coming up in Uganda in, in July. And uh, if you want to show that slide, if you want to travel with us, if you have a desire to, to be a part of a crusade, we'd love to be able to give you that opportunity. All the information's on our website, CompassionToAction.com. And uh, so if you want to come with us, uh, please, please apply uh, this weekend. It's the last weekend. Or actually, in the, the next few days, we're shutting the applications down. Um, I want to talk to you from my heart today, and I believe some special things are going to continue to happen in people's lives. First, I want you to know that I'm here to encourage you, bring strength to you, and I believe in everyone here. I believe the giftings, the calling of God that's on your life. I believe that you've been called for such a time as this. I believe before the foundations of the world that God chose you. I believe that you're here for a reason at Mountain Chapel. I believe you're here this Sunday for a reason. And, and I, I always feel led in my spirit to talk about baptism because I know that there possibly could be some individuals that are here this morning that have never been baptized in water. And, um, and what I do is I love to talk about baptism and then I, I talk about compassion that leads us into action. And, but there is five spiritual blessings that come on each and every one of our lives when we're baptized in water. And I want to share with you quickly five spiritual blessings. And if you've never been baptized in water, I believe that today is a day that you can be baptized in water. Uh, the first spiritual blessing that comes on your life is the blessing of obedience. Something happens when you obey Jesus Christ. There's a blessing that comes on your life. And there is peace in your heart when you choose to obey God. The second blessing that we receive when we're baptized in water is the blessing of placing our life under the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when you place your life under authority and lordship of Jesus Christ, you actually receive spiritual authority. Placing your life under the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ gives you spiritual authority. The third spiritual blessing is the blessing of understanding the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That when you go underwater and when you come back up, there is a revelation of the understanding of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fourth blessing is the blessing of a clean conscience and a pure heart. And the fifth blessing is the blessing of having your past identity that was found in sin removed and replaced with your heart, replaced with a new life in Christ Jesus. If you've never been water baptized and you want to be water baptized, can I see your hands? You've never been water baptized, but you want to be water baptized. Is there anyone here that hasn't? Okay. This lady in the back here. Okay. I want to encourage you to, to connect today and, and get baptized soon. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, Get baptized soon and, and see these five spiritual blessings come on your life. Baptism is essential. We see it throughout the book of Acts that when people were born again, when they gave their life to the Lord, they also were baptized. And so I would encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, I ask in the short time that I have with these amazing individuals. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. Power. You're already here. But I ask that you come in a profound way that shapes the courts of people's lives. We recognize you, Holy Spirit, as the greatest evangelist. 
Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. We recently had a, a gathering in Portland called Portland 2018 last year. God gave me a vision while I was in Stockholm, Sweden, speaking at Awakening Europe. Prior to that vision, God had been speaking to me through my wife to move to the Northwest. My wife's family is from the Northwest, and Stephanie, my wife, wanted to be in the Northwest, and I did not want to be in the Northwest. Uh, I, I did not like the rain. I did not know hardly anyone there. Um, but I, I found that in Stephanie's voice was the voice of God. And I found a, a, a deep surrender that was taking place in my life. There was a lot of things that I needed to surrender and the number one thing that I needed to surrender was my control. I had no idea that I had control issues. Has anyone ever one dealt with control issues here? You want it your way. And the second thing that I had going on in my life is I had an idol. I had an idol in my life that I didn't know was an idol in my life. And it was my salary. It was my benefits. I held on to my salary. I held on to my benefits. And it became an idol in my life. The third thing that was an idol in my life was my ministry. It was my ministry. It was everything that I built and had been a part of building at Bethel Church. I had a lot of fears in my life that I didn't even know that I had in my life. The fear of not being able to make it. Outside of Reading. The fears of losing all kinds of relationships. I had fear after fear after fear. But in my wise voice, I heard God's voice. And I spent six months praying and seeking God. And I remember one day I came home and I dropped down to my knees and I said, God, I don't understand what you are doing. Have you ever felt like you just didn't understand what God was doing? And I was asking the question, why, 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 which is the wrong question. I should be asking God. And I was asking God all these questions. And, and I found myself on my knees and I came to a place that I think is the safest place to be in your life. It is the place of surrender. And I found myself on my knees and I lifted my hands up to the Lord and I said, God, I don't understand but I surrender. If you want us to be in the Northwest, I surrender. And in that moment, what I did is I gave up my salary. I gave up my benefits. I gave up my control. And I gave up my ministry that I found so much of my identity in. And I said, Lord, I surrender. And my family is so important to you, God. In fact, my family is more important right now than my ministry, God. And I surrender everything to you. And I remember being on my knees and just weeping and crying. And I, and I just, I, I, whatever that I was holding on to, I just said, God, I give it to you. I surrender. And I said, God, I will work a nine to five job. All I know is ministry. All I know for the last 18 years is ministry. But I will work a nine to five job to take care of my family. Six months later goes by. I was invited to speak at a stadium event called Awakening Europe in Stockholm, Sweden. And as I'm getting ready to speak to thousands and thousands upon thousands of people, having the opportunity to be able to train and equip them to send them out by the thousands, a historical moment taking place in Europe. Not even Billy Graham had the opportunity to be able to train thousands of people in Stockholm, Sweden, to send them out to preach the gospel. And here I am. I'm getting ready to speak to thousands of people. I see a clear vision. A vision. Of stadium seating events all across America. And the first place I saw was Portland. And I said, God, it seems just like you. Because a deep surrender in my heart before a vision would ever come. Why do I share that? Because God has something for each and every one of us. But I think he looks at our heart more than anything. God wants to birth things in our lives. But he always starts in our heart. Starts in our heart. And I surrendered 
And I saw God come through in a powerful way. We had 70 different churches working with us in the Northwest and 35 other ministries. And we saw an estimated of 36,000 people impacted with the gospel. 36,000 people having the opportunity to be able to hear the name of Jesus Christ in Portland, downtown, across the board. I want to share a testimony that took place on a Saturday night. Uh, we were we were um, sending people out, and, and there were some individuals. And I went out to share Jesus, and, and they found themselves by this bridge, and, and they saw this man. And they wondered what was going on with this man, and this man stood by the bridge. Little did they know that this man was getting ready to jump off the bridge to commit suicide. But they felt drawn by compassion. They felt drawn by God's love to talk to this man about Jesus. And so they go over and they begin to talk to this man about Jesus. And this man began to confess on how he was a drug addict and how he had messed up his life and how he had messed up so many people, others' lives. And he thought to himself, the only way out is to end this mess. And as he stood there on that bridge thinking about suicide, two individuals came to him and told him that Jesus loved him. And this is what they said to this young man. He says, if you don't want your life anymore, give it to Jesus because Jesus does. Because Jesus does. They prayed for this man. He got born again right there. They helped him get into a Christian drug rehab. This man now is on fire for Jesus and he has a ministry to see other drug addicts set free and speaking life, the life of Jesus Christ into them. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, verse 17, it says, When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and he cast out spirits with the word and he healed all who were ill. This was fulfilled which was spoken through the Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Matthew 9, verse 36, it says this, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were diseased, dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, 14, it says this, it says, When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them and he healed their sick. Matthew 15, verse 32, it says, And Jesus called his disciples to them, and he said, I feel, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, for they will, they may faint on their way. Matthew 20, verse 34, it says, He was moved with compassion. Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Matthew 6 verse 34 it says when Jesus went ashore he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. The heart of God is a heart of compassion. Compassion to love people. To lead us into action. Today I want you to feel the compassion of heaven for you. God has had compassion on you. He loves you. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on a bloody cross. He looked into the future, into this present moment, into this present hour, and he saw you, sir. He saw you. He saw you. And he saw you in the very back. He saw you right there in the middle seat. He saw you. And he says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it. And every ounce of blood that he shed was shed with compassion. He says, I'm coming for them. I care about them too much. I love them so much. I was in South Africa, and while in South Africa, I was walking through the airport in Durban, and, and I saw this man that had a cane, and he he, he walked with a limp and he put his hand through it, the cane that stabilized him. And I, I felt God's love for him in such a profound way. And I, and I went over to him and I said, what happened? He said he was shot in the neck right here. And it, and it paralyzed 
the right side. So he had a very difficult uh, time walking. He walked with the limp. And I, and I said, I want to pray for you right now. And, and we laid hands on him and we began to pray for him. And I said, how do you feel now? And he says, there's something changing. And I said, I want to pray again. We prayed again. And the power of God came on him and he was instantly healed in the airport. Instantly healed. Well, good news travels fast. He began to tell his friends, his co-workers, and, and we came back the third day. And, and uh, co-workers began to come up to us and said, are you guys the one that prayed for him? And we said, we are. And, and we said, it was Jesus that healed him. We, we didn't heal this man. It was Jesus that healed him. And, and here's the thing. God wants to use each and every one of us in a profound, powerful way. I was speaking at a church in Georgia, and while I'm getting ready to speak, um, the, the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart, have you ever heard God speak to you in a way that you know it's Him, but you're still resisting? Uh, can anyone relate? So I'm getting ready to speak, and, and uh, God speaks to me and says, I want to heal someone. I'm thinking, okay. He says, I want to heal someone in an apartment complex. And I want you to leave right now. And I'm, I'm thanking God, but I'm getting ready to speak. I was invited to come out here. They paid for my flight. They paid for my accommodations. And you want me to leave the very church that actually flew me out here to speak? He says, I want you to do it now. I said, uh, are you sure? And, uh, and so I had a little argument with God for a little bit. And, and then I, I, I realized that. My question should not be why. My, my response should be, yes, Lord, I love you. At that moment, I was really concerned about my reputation. And then I realized God's not concerned about my reputation. He's just looking for me to obey. He's looking for all of us to obey. And then I, 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 I said to the Lord, in closing him, I said to the Lord, I'll obey I asked the pastors, I said, oh, would you give me uh, an opportunity to leave right now? I need to actually practice what I preach. And um, I said, I feel the Lord saying that he wants to heal someone. And I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to leave. I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. And so I knock on some doors at the apartment. I take a pastor with me. And, and, um, and after the second door, the second or third door, there was a lady that came to the door, and I said, um, excuse me, ma'am, I was, I was speaking at this, getting ready to speak at this church, and I felt the Lord speak to my heart to go around and, and uh, pray for someone because they're in need of healing. I said, are you in pain? And she says, I am. She said, I've been praying that Jesus would heal me. I'm in excruciating pain. I just got out of surgery recently. I'm in excruciating pain. And I said, the Lord has sent me here to lay my hands on you to pray for you so that you'd be completely healed. So we pray for her. The power of God came on her and she was instantly healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Instantly healed. God wants to use each and every one of you in a profound way. Profound way. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. invite my team to come on up. Tracy, you come on up too. I just have a sense God wants to touch people today. If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, why would you want to leave this place not knowing for sure you're right with Jesus? You know you can know that you're sure by just surrendering and saying, I need you, God, in my life. I need you, God. See, Jesus' blood wasn't shed for just some sin. It was shed for all sin. He has the power. His power is here right now. And 
you say, well, yeah, I, I, at one time I served Jesus, but I, I've backslidden. Well, I want to tell you, slide back into his arms. Slide back into his arms today. Don't let guilt and shame control you. Let his love penetrate your heart in a powerful way. Well, you say, I've made a big mess. Well, he's pretty good at cleaning up messes. A lot of people say, well, that person just needs to clean up their mess. Well, I don't find that in the Bible. Jesus is the one that does the cleaning up. We do the surrendering. He does the cleaning up. We do the surrendering. He does the cleaning up. I don't have the power to clean my life up. I'm not that powerful. But he can clean my life up. And he has cleaned my life up. He cleaned my life up. When I was a young man, I was a drug addict. And he came and he stepped into my life in a profound way. I had murder living inside of me. And he took that murderous spirit that was inside of me of anger and rage. He took a perverse spirit that lived inside of me and he took it out of me. And he gave me a heart of love and compassion for humanity. And I believe that God could do the same thing in people's hearts today. The Lord wants to encounter